you can't keep a good botanic garden director down. Uh, so it was that director of Melbourne's Royal Botanic Gardens, Tim Entwistle, found himself in sunny Madrid and he went for a bit of an explore. I'm in the middle of Madrid in Spain and in a very, very special place here. It's a botanic garden and it's called the Royal Botanic Gardens of Madrid. Uh, one of perhaps less than a dozen botanic gardens which are called Royal from around the world. And I have with me the director of the gardens here, Esteban Manrique. I'm wondering if, first of all, you could pronounce the name of this garden <laughs> in Spanish better than I would. Yes, uh, we are in the Real Jardín Botánico. But I have to clarify that uh, this is a research institute that belongs to the Spanish Research Council. That means the best or the, the main research institution in Spain. That, that's important. So it's a, it's a research institute for plant studies of all kinds, of different kinds of plant study? Not any special kind. We are more interested in processes. That means we are interested in, in evolution, how the, the plants evolve and also how the plants distribute around the world and uh, how they appear in islands, in very isolated islands, that means in the middle of the Atlantic or the, the middle of the Pacific uh, Ocean or something like that. But we also study fungi. Okay, so you're studying plants, uh, fungi, things that are a bit like plants and fungi and diversity and, and the processes. But here in the Botanic Garden, we can mostly see big big tall trees. This is important because it's a, a very old botanic garden too, so you can tell me a little bit about the history of this place. Yes, uh, we have to take into account that this garden was founded in 1755, that means 266 years ago, and it was founded because of the of acclimatization of the plants that were coming from the Americas, from Philippines and uh, Central Africa, mainly Guinea Equatorial. Uh, there was a need to try to adapt these plants not only for feeding at that time in, in Spain, but also because of the medicinal properties. That was also very, very important. None of these plants exist now. Only one tree, Acupressus Sempervirens, is okay, so still a, there. A cypress, which we can actually see. So we're standing at the very top of the gardens and we're just pointing out to me a few trees. So this cypress in the distance is older than the Botanic Garden. Yes, it is older than the Botanic Garden. He is more than 300 years old. And also we have another very old tree, but also very important uh, because uh, it, it is the tallest tree in the, in the Botanic Garden. This is the Zelkova carpinifolia. Yeah, so, so we, the, yeah, I'd call it a, a zelkovia, which is a bit like an elm. It's in the same family as the elm. Yes, it is the same family, yeah. yes. And it looks like an elm, but uh, without symmetry that is very characterized. Ah, very okay. Characteristic. And it has very nice them. autumn color, I think, too. It takes a red color, very, very interesting in, the, in autumn, yeah. Now, if we keep looking around the horizon here, there's, I can see a, a Canary Island palm in the distance there. Yes. Yes, uh, we have uh, many trees. We have close to 1,000 trees here. Most of them older than 50 years, most of them. But many of them older than 150 years. But not from the original garden. And I think Canary Islands are interesting because that is, of course, part of Spain. So you have yeah. plants here from Spain, but uh, as you said earlier, the Botanic Garden was set up 
to hold plants from the Americas and other interesting places, which I'll, we'll get to in a moment. But uh, we can just see down below us there, there's an agave. So there's a, a century plant which is in flower. And agaves are from the Americas? Yes, it, it is coming from what we call at that time uh, New Spain, that means Mexico actually. And we have some plants coming from there, mainly from the desertical regions, not only this. Uh, within the greenhouse we have uh, many others, not only from Mexico, but also from Canary Island too. And these were brought in originally for economic reasons, but now also for amenity or horticulture? I think it's only to like an ornamental yeah. because it is a very big plant with a very nice color green, green gray, something similar. And when they blow, they produce beautiful flowers, yellow and orange color, and uh, it's very attractive. It yeah. is very attractive. And then the plant dies, so then you have to wait for the next uh, next one to flower. It say that uh, this plant, when they produce the flowers, is close to die. No, it, maybe it is the final of the cycle. So we will see how long will be the cycle after flowering. Yeah. Now, the other yeah. interesting plant near us here, which we, I can see above us, is a gum tree, and it's a Tasmanian blue gum, uh, Eucalyptus globulus. And so you've got plants not only from the Americas, but also quite clearly from Australia as well. And I know you have many other species as well. This is a a fairly old one. I'm wondering if this even dates back to the time of uh, Ferdinand von Mueller, who was one of our early directors. We're not quite sure how old this one is. This is a very tall and quite old tree, you can see. We had a very storm of snow one year and a half ago, and we also suffered very low temperatures. And it became completely frozen. Ah, so this were the, the big snowstorms in Madrid um, early last year, yeah? Yeah, it was early last year, and it's very, very rare. I didn't see that kind of a snowstorm since many years ago. But it was very strong, but not only the snow, but also the, the very low temperature. That was the worst thing. And it suffered a lot, but it seems that it recovered perfectly. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I know you are concerned about personally here is climate change. Yeah. And I'm wondering if these storms are part of that. And you're very interested, I know, in, in making sure that the Botanic Garden can survive in the changing climate. Uh -huh. And that's why I'm here. We've got a conference coming up uh, next few days to talk about that. Yeah. Tell me about your interest in climate change and the Botanic Garden. Well, I am interested in climate change mainly because um, Plants, I think, are the first organisms that will be affected by climate change because uh, animals in general can adapt very well. They can control the temperatures, but not plants. The plants also cannot control the quantity of water inside them, while the humans can drink water very easily <laughs> and don't lose it. But plants are in this climate, like Mediterranean, are suffering a lot, mainly in summer because summer are becoming hotter and drier. That means that for the plants, and mainly for those trees that don't lose the leaves in winter, will be a very uh, awful situation for them. For that reason, I am very interested to characterize, to characterize what is the climate problem in the garden, in the center of Madrid, and also not only the climate, but also I am interested in the air pollution. 
as you said, this is the central Madrid, this is the very downtown in Madrid, and the number of cars moving around is very, very high, and the concentration of nitrogen oxides is quite high, and this also will affect the plants. So I am interested in how both things are affecting at the same time, because it's more than addition, maybe it's a multiplication, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, these things multiply and make it harder, and also I think, you know, plants that are susceptible to disease or an infection, that is going to become worse if they are under stress. Yes, this is another other preoccupation, uh, another worry about because uh, this new climate we are suffering, this very mild temperature we are having in winter are allowing many pests that are coming from outside to survive. Normally the very cold winters kill these pests but now they resist and they can pass the winter and they develop very fast in these gardens and they are attacking, no? they are uh, affecting uh, many plants, mainly uh, Boches, the Boxus Semperbirus, I don't know what is oh, the, the English. Yeah, the box hedge. Yeah. Uh, the box, yeah, the box hedges. Um, also the palms. The, the palms are suffering an attack of a butterfly, a very nice butterfly, <laughs> but uh, causing very uh, disease inside no, of the, of the palms. And um, so we are very worried because everything is adding to the problem of climate change. That's yeah. right, it's all accumulating. And, and the reason I'm here is to talk about what we're doing in Melbourne, where we've done some work on which trees you can plant and, and being able to yeah. model climates and plant there. So I'm looking forward to that, that conference coming up. But I'm wondering whether today we're, we're in amongst... Actually, I want to go and see your glass house, but I also are uh, interested in these very small plants in front of us in pots, um, bonsai. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that seems uh, perhaps unusual for a place full of big trees, but these are small trees. Yeah, they are small trees and not all of the people like them. You know, people think that we are tortured the trees but there are many people that like, like very much this kind of but it's not only to have a tree it's an art uh, for, for these people that is coming from China and then from, from Japan and here we had around 100 bonsais uh, a little bit more that were a present from the pre ex-president of the of the nation Felipe González that he was receiving as present from other presidents of, of other countries and when he finished his mandate and in 1996, he decided to give them uh, to the botanical and garden. It was a personal collection. Yeah, it was uh, his personal collection. And he, he was socialist president after was the, Yeah, was the first socialist president in Spain after Franco's regime. Yeah, okay. and, and a plant lover. That's lovely. I think mainly bonsai. I think it's a way of relaxing. Now, let's let's do a walk down through the steps here down into the lower part of the garden. So there's a, a very large formal area of the garden with those box hedges you mentioned. Uh -huh. and the big trees but the glass house allows you to grow more plants from around the world so let's go and have a look at, at those yes we can visit both greenhouses one is a very old one from the 19th century in the middle so 19th century and the other is quite modern only 25 30 years ago okay let's go down okay So we're going past the, um, the lovely sweet smell of perfume flowers here. Yeah. It's very busy, there's a lot of people here, is this a typical yes. crowd? <laughs> Yes, every day in summer, in this day, oh. well, spring and summer, uh, it's very crowded. Yeah, it's very good <laughs> for us. Yeah. And we try to maintain the, the garden yeah. always uh, visible. Huh? Yeah, visible. And actually, uh, mentioning that, you have a lot of artwork here, and I know this is something you're 
very keen on and that's to have uh, programs and events on in the gardens and you've even got a light event coming up yeah. soon. Is that that's something you, you see many, as important? Many children. And many children as well. Yeah. Do the children like this glass house? Yeah, well they like shouting but mainly <laughs> Well this is the 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 greenhouse that was built at the middle of the at the 19th century yeah. uh, by one of the directors that was at the same time the director of the, the National Museum of Natural History, Mariano de la Paz Graels, uh, and he decided to build this to manage with the tropical trees, palms, ferns, because in this climate it's very difficult to have them survive. So we're now in the classical part of the garden and to our right are very regular beds, each of them edged with just very small box hedges, but within those gardens you call it an evolutionary or phylogenetic collection, which means you're trying to map the plants of the world. We've got that huge Zelkovia in front of us here, this massive tree, and that cypress that is older than the gardens itself. This is a very classical part of botanic gardens around the world, this, this idea of keeping collections. I think so. I think we were copying, at the middle of the last century, we copied the classification system by a botanist mm. uh, at that time because he used the same in other botanic gardens. This is a very neoclassical design of the botanic garden. That means copying very previous botanic gardens that appeared in North Italy and, and France. No? That were maybe the pioneers uh, on, on doing this. And um, the idea was to show the variation of the plants along the time. No? And then going through the evolution to show the more modern plants that appear more recently. Now, let's, let's continue walking down this long, long row here, which but, must but be... we can go ah. on, along the centre. Let's go along the centre. Yeah, yeah, but I'll have to finish up our, our chat today, um, Esteban, and thank you very much for not only the, the tour of the gardens, but organising a conference to oh, okay. <laughs> focus on uh, the impact of climate change on botanic gardens. I think that's a very important role for your botanic garden. Okay, thank you very much. I think it was up for me a, a pleasure. <laughs> thank uh, you, thank very, you much. very much. Thank you. Tim Edwistle there and his guide in those wonderful gardens in Madrid, the director, Dr. Esteban Manrique. And this is Blueprint here on ABC RN. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.